0: Are you talking shift? We are. It's time for the We're Talking Shift podcast. Now, now, now. Here to talk shift, Lori Bishaw. We're talking shift.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 73 of We're Talking Shift, the podcast where I talk shift because I believe that when we feel stuck, When it's time to level up, rise to a challenge, or make any kind of shift, the process must begin with a shift in our thinking. That is the antidote to feeling stuck. Now, you all know that I am a big believer in the importance of making health a priority. You've heard me harp on this before, and, well, just a heads up, I'm not even close to being done. In fact, we're really just getting warmed up, so stay tuned i really believe that we should continually try to improve or at least at the very least maintain some degree of fitness in all areas of our lives i'm talking emotional fitness mental fitness spiritual fitness and of course physical fitness because you know when we feel healthy and fit in all of these areas we well, we're not only likely to enjoy our lives more, but we're more likely to assign positive meaning to all of our life experiences. I mean, the good ones and even the ones that suck. And we're better equipped to handle and bounce back or recover from the tough challenges that we come up against. So maintaining emotional, mental, and physical fitness helps make us resplendent beings as well as resilient ones, which is why I wanted to talk with my guest today, because I know that he shares these same views and I love the stuff that he's putting out into the world on fitness and healing. He has over 19 years of experience in performance and healing, and we're going to chat about some reasons that you may not have taken into consideration when it comes to Maintaining fitness. I'm also going to ask him to drill into an exercise that I think is just super fascinating. Um, Seriously, you guys, I've never heard anybody else talk about this, and it's something that just about anybody can and should do. Um, So we're going to talk about that too. I I hope that's got you curious. Um, All right, without further ado, ladies and gents, I would like to welcome Dr. Tommy. John. Hey there, Dr. Tommy.
0: Hey, Lori. How are you?
1: <laughs> I'm doing great. How are you? Excellent. So thank you very much for taking some time to hang out with me today. I'm I'm really excited to talk to you and I've got some fun things that I, I think we're going to be able to get a really good deep dive into.
0: I can't wait. This will be good.
1: Yeah. So, <clears throat> all right, about a week ago, I I saw one of your Instagram posts about physical fitness and you talked about something that I think is so important and so overlooked that I was really compelled to reach out to you because I think it needs to be talked about more and, and that's the less obvious ways that physical fitness affects and impacts our lives. So I would I would love to begin by having you talk about your beliefs on what being physically fit means and why you think it's important for people to understand this.
0: Sure, and I'm I'm so excited that this was the topic you wanted to talk about because I I'm just chomping at the bit to wait for this question to be asked and I just again, as you said, I just don't think it's discussed in its entirety. The way we feel people should be physically fit or the way we've been kind of kind of drilled into it's almost that biggest loser mentality where we're only gonna be physical if it's some sort of caloric a metabolic fat loss, some sort of weight management type approach, or if you play a sport. So that means that if you are happy with your weight and you're an artist, being physical doesn't make any sense And training and moving your body and preparing doesn't, doesn't, you've got a hall pack. And it's just so far from that because the human being, I mean, as soon as If you go down to the cellular level, there's so much motion going on with the hundreds of thousands of of processes in a cell, nutrients passing through membranes, digestion, immune responses, white blood cells taking over a cancer cell, like there's so much movement going on at the deepest level that as soon as we're born, a baby is just nonstop moving itself to try to prepare for days to come, more advanced things to come. Mm -hmm. And that's really what I'm trying to to get people to kind of honor and respect is that a human being is designed to move. And we move in the world, our interaction with the world from a hug to somebody from pulling a seatbelt across from steering wheels, getting up and down off the toilets, cooking food, digesting food, Mm -hmm. holding position. as we play an instrument sitting at the pottery wheel and the biggest thing, like some of those are those unpredictable moments where we have to survive a fall or a, uh uh some sort of uh we didn't expect it to happen but here it is and then mostly the resiliency of our body to handle emotional trauma like divorce or death or some sort of an insult like an infection or a major surgery right so those are some of the things that we don't we don't think to do that and we don't think that our body needs to be physically fit to handle and endure those occasions and that's precisely why I train and I try to get people to understand why they should as
1: well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because it isn't just about trying to be, have a, have a, you know, what we have determined in our society anyway, Mm -hmm. to be a a perfect body or a beautiful body. It's Mm -hmm. not just about being lean. It's not, it's not just about preventing, um, you know, obesity, which is important, but it's just about so much more. It's like, well, why do you even want those things? Why do you want to be fit? Uh, it's more than just, well, because I want to look good. It's more, and it's even more than just, I want to feel good. It's, it's about, Well, how can you how how are you going to be able to mm, competently and confidently just move through your life?
0: And that that's what I'm observing on people. And and really, I have the gift of my dad lives in Palm Springs. Um, And so when I go visit him, it is it is the South Florida of the West Coast. It's, it's where everybody goes to just kind of exist for your last 15, 20 years. And that's it. For the most part, I, I'll just go out. There's not a lot of life. There's not a lot of activity. They're just kind of, just yeah. kind of existing. So when right. I get out there, it's very much, okay, I, I'm observing some people that are really, they have these youthful spirits. They have things they want to do, but they're almost imprisoned by their bodies.
2: Yes. And then
0: they'll, they'll almost complain their daily complaints and their daily energy is spent on what they can't do. And it's frustrating that when I get back home to San Diego, I'm, I'm driven because I'm just like, my God, that's yes, we're all going to get older, but we can decide what level we go out at. You you know, for the most part, we can decide how, how well we're functioning and there's so much we want to do that it's really kind of, we need to prepare for whatever life's going to bring to us. And yeah. all we can do is keep that level of preparation higher than our expected level of life, and then a little higher for some of those unexpected moments. And mm. that's the trade-off. That's the cost. That's the that's the agreement between us and, and nature or God or wh- whatever you say. But um, sure. that's our responsibility as far as physical goes.
1: Yeah. And it is, uh, it is a personal responsibility that you're either going to embrace or you're just going to leave it to chance. And, and if you do that, if you leave it to chance, uh, it's, it's not going to go how you'd like it to go. It, you're going to devolve right? if you leave it to chance.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. And that's what I say, like, what's your, and I always say intention is, that was my, one of my latest podcasts is intention is the biggest driver with that. And people will come in and try to do the check the box, kind of a training regimen. And I like your intention as to why you're doing it is the driver behind it. It's not the exercise selection, it's not the reps, it's not the sets. Those are arbitrary. Those, yeah. those are anything. It's, right. it's why you're doing it and your intention because they'll ask me, it's exhausting living your life. And I'm like, but not to me because my reason why I do all these things, these thousands of brush strokes through the day is I'm so freaking grateful. That I get to wake up and experience a sunrise, a sunset. I get to taste food. I get to experience people. You yes. know, like I get a, yeah. I, my eyes work. I can read. I can hold a book. I can go on a hike. I can go go get things. I can go experience these daily things that people take for granted. I was watching pelicans surf the waves this morning. Almost brought to tears by the, the like, magnificence that these pelicans were flying in a line. Yeah. I had to walk myself to the, you know what I mean? Some of these simple yeah. things. There's like totally. thousands of these things that I'm just sitting here. Wait, I get to do this stuff. Okay. These are the things I have to put in line so that I get to experience these at the fullest capacity because it's a gift. Every second is a gift. We won the life of a lottery, right? Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I'm, I'm I- going to try <laughs> that.
1: Yeah, no, I, I told I'm, I'm so in alignment with that. It, it's uh, it, every night when I go to bed, the last thing I'm thinking before I go to sleep is how grateful I am of for everything I got to experience that right. day. You know, good, right. bad or ugly, whatever. I'm grateful for it. And then the first thing when I wake up is uh, being grateful for what I, you know, to have another day and to get to create something, to get to do something, Done. to to just be alive right and just to appreciate even the simp- what seemed like the simplest things and i love i love how you mention about you know uh, intention and mm and i think that's important to talk about too because people if they don't understand the importance of getting into that deepest layer of why because there are layers and mm-hmm. your 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 first responses are are typically not the deepest most compelling layers that are really going to keep you motivated in you know doing stuff that maybe you don't really like to do but i'm like you i'm thinking about well I have an age in mind that I intend to get to. Uh, It's a number, and it's a number I picked years ago. I said, this is how old I'm going to be, but I'm only going to let myself get that old if I can do it my way. And that means... I got to show up, you know, being physically capable to take care of myself. I want to have all my mental faculties. I want to be, you know, physically able. I don't want to be a burden. I want to have a good quality of life. So that's my, you know, those are my deeper layers of my why I do the stuff I'm doing now so that I can show up at that age the way I want to show up. You don't wait till you get there. Yeah.
0: I love that you just said that because I have that number too. I have that yeah. that number in my head. Um, and I, Ooh. again, if, if I can get there, that's, that's great, but I'm going to do as much as I can to kind of move with the flow of life. And again, that I'll ask it in my office that why the more emotional it can be, the more changing it's going to be like, like yeah. there's gotta be, I, I get goosebumps daily. Like I come to tears daily. Like I try to experience things on such a feel level Mm-hmm. That sometimes it's great. And that sometimes at the time, I'm like, oh my God, I wish I didn't feel right now, you know, and, and <laughs> that's the trade off, right? Those are the mm-hmm. things, but those are opportunities to grow. But again, I'm trying to, I think I read something, it was like your emotional, your emotional state that you train in, a muscle can produce four times more force when it's in a positive emotional state. And so I, I, we get in these arg- well not arguments, but discussions in my office, people are like, why are we listening to this music? Mm -hmm. And I'll have Hertz music or classical music or 80s, 50s, like just some of these. And and people want to listen to maybe death metal and rap and not saying that it's all to the person. Mm. I don't feel – I'm like, you guys and girls, your best response is when you you experience love. Like how many of you have had crushes or felt like you were in love? And like everybody raised their hand, young, old, doesn't matter. Like everybody has that feeling. I'm like, didn't you feel like you could like – jump a building, like, didn't you feel just your absolute best when you felt loved or felt like you had a, like we're in love, Mm -hmm. but then when you were angry, did you feel light and and up and flying or did you feel heavy and grounded and weighted and slow? And they will acknowledge. I'm like, so if we train in love, it sounds, but (laughs) truly your body will respond so much better. And that's where that, that why comes from. Not because I had to, because my spouse tells me to, because my doctor says to, but why for you? Why is it, what do you love in this life? Because it's going to trigger that emotion and the body will follow that. And your response, plus your consistency, it's not work. Like everyone's like, oh, is it a work? It's not a choice to me. I don't have, yes, I have choices, but because my why is so there, Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't have an alternative to that. No, it's just what you do. It's just what I do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's not even a, like, Maybe I won't shut off my alarm today, or maybe I won't make that nice meal. What are you talking about?
1: Yeah, yeah. No it's like way. brushing your it's, teeth. It, it's <laughs> it's just something you <laughs> do. It. You don't think about it. There's no negotiation. You brush your damn no teeth. No way. Right? No.
0: This is what's <laughs> gonna happen. That's it. right.
1: Yeah, I get. I I get that. I get that. And music is such a. It can really oh. help um, unleash your driving force within. That oh, you know. My
0: God. Right. I know.
1: It's, it's such a, a wonderful tool.
0: I, uh, just to drop, what I'm on a, a binge of is The Greatest Showman. So uh, I'm a fan of Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman just a badass. And that yeah. soundtrack is just unreal. And yeah. if the song From Now On comes on and you're seeing me driving a car, I am beating my, <laughs> my middle console and I'm like jamming. And then I'm like in tears because it's just this, you can parallel life in so many ways, and I rolled in. I came on like minutes before rolling up in the office, and my eyes were all puffed up. I had goosebumps, I, and I got in. And everyone was like, "What the hell's wrong with you?" <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> I just listened to. I just listened to "From Now On." Have you heard this song? And they're like, "Jeez, T.J." it's yeah. like eight
1: o'clock, you know, like right. calm down. And I'm like, wait, no, but this is Get so yourself great. together, man. Let's, let's go. <laughs> right. I think that, you know, because you know, uh, it's one of your flow triggers. And so, yeah. you know, I don't know if you've, if you are into flow or you've, uh, into the stuff by Stephen Kotler, uh, and Jamie wheel. Um, but, if not, you check that out because that is part of what you're talking about. It, it's, uh, it's a flow trigger for you. So when we know what our flow triggers are, um, it, oh, can you all hear my dog barking? That's awesome. Oh, I love it. Yeah. yeah. Come on, Nikki. It. probably <laughs> it must be the man. The, the delivery. So we're just going to roll right through that.
0: Let her sing. (laughs) Yeah.
1: She's, she's doing her job. Oh God. Anyway. Um, so, okay. I digress. We'll talk about flow another time, but one of the things that I, um, I want to ask you, let's move into this. I love your definition of training. Um, you want to speak to that a little bit? Oh, and whether or not it should be fun. I thought that that was interesting.
0: Yeah, so um, training, in my opinion, is it's in that word. I, I don't like using the word exercise because exercise just seems arbitrary. Like, what's the point? But training is exactly that. Mm-hmm. You're training your body, mind, and soul. You're teaching your entity. You're teaching yourself how to prepare your training for life. And what is that? It's all relative to the person, and it's different day to day, minute to minute. Uh, it's it's somebody's, it's intimate. It's a personal exploration. What does that mean to you? Well, I want to live this kind of life. These are my goals. This is my purpose. This is my spiritual. This is the people I'm going to hang out with. This is what I intend to do. Okay. Is your training in preparation to be greater than that? Because that's a big misconception now where people's training won't exceed your preparation doesn't exceed your expectation in life. Mm. And that, that that's like back in the day when we did, you know, the math test was 20 questions, but the homework, it was like one to 200 odds only because the mm-hmm. evens were in the back of the book or whatever. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And it was yeah. like, oh, my gosh, 200 math questions for a 20 question. But that doesn't change. You know what I mean? Our practice, our preparation, our, our constant stimulus has to be greater than our life event. That's why kind of training is this nonstop all the time, not just during a session. So yeah. when you start to look at it that way, as far as if it's fun or not, it's, it's one of those things that I don't enjoy. And I joked the other day with clients, they won't let me have it down. But it's just like I, the process of training, I typically don't enjoy. Like we didn't enjoy doing homework. We don't enjoy. It's not, it's not that per se that we're really, oh, man, I am really behind this. It, it's more my reason. What is fun for me is a 16 mile hike to San Jacinto without even thinking about it. It's playing golf with my dad without even thinking about it. It's being able to pick somebody up off the ground and carry it in the hospital. If I had to, it's being able to sprint across the street or if a car honked, I could run out. I could survive a fall. I could survive an infection. I could survive the death of my brother. I could survive a breakup. Yeah. Like those are the things that I'm just so stoked about that the training now is interpreted as something that's going to provide me the best opportunity for me to express that. So that's why that why is so important. Otherwise, again, it's that check the box mentality, like, God, this is just awful where we spin it to where it's going to be this in this entertaining fun training is going to be fun. Well, it's not necessarily the case. We can, we can do it as a group and share it socially. Like, Hey, we're in this together because truly we are, we're all, experiencing everything I'm talking about. Nobody's alone in this whole thing, you sure, know? Sure. Um, and so there's just these massive amounts of people that we're all in the same boat. So we could do it together, but the fun, the, the, the expression of this should be enjoyable is what we're training for, not necessarily the training.
1: Okay. So t- like uh, for me, uh, yeah. there are some aspects of training that I would qu- say, for me are fun. And yeah, then there are, yeah. and then, you know, it's like an activity that falls into some sort of physical, you know, exercise. Right. And I'm like, I love this. I, this is really right. fun right. for me. And then there right. are some things that I don't love at all. <laughs> I just right. do them because I should because I know that that's what my body, you know, needs to stay you know, strong and adaptable and capable. Sure. So, yeah, it's not it's not fun. But what's fun is um, the result. And what's fun is knowing that you still had the the resolve to do it, even when you didn't feel like it.
0: That's it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, let's um, let's talk. Let's move into something more specific. I found uh, one of the I think it was on one of your YouTube. um, Yeah. Uh, segments about stretching. Well, actually yeah. about not stretching. So that was very right. interesting because it was kind of opposite from the norm. So right. let's let's drill into that for a minute.
0: So if we think about it, the reason we feel we need to stretch is we sense tightness. We we feel that something is tight, um, locked up, grabbing, and that's where we, we feel the need to stretch. Well, if we think about what is tightening that muscle what exactly is locking that muscle down and it's the brain the brain is locking the muscle to protect the system it's doing this because it just doesn't feel that either one it's not prepared for the environment or the environment is getting really scary it's getting all this sensation all this feedback from all the senses and it's getting all this information going hold on right now. We're not, something's not right. I'm going to lock us down because we don't go into expansion when we feel threatened. We go into, you, you know, when mm-hmm. you're scared, mm-hmm. there's a loud noise. You, you go fetal almost. You cover your stomach, your soft parts, and you bow your back out and you bring your shoulders up and your head down. It's almost like mm-hmm. a turtle. You
1: mm-hmm. know what I mean? We pull
0: everything inside.
1: Yeah. Well, some sort of a protection. Are, right. E-
0: exactly. It's like yeah. a stress. It's a fight or flight response that sometimes people's muscles are in that all the time because The threat is present all the time. It's maybe a job you don't like or it's a relationship you're not really happy about or it's poor sleep or Mm poor food shows or whatever. But there's lions present all the time in our lives. And so we have this locked down muscle. So what happens is what we've been told is we can go in and stretch that muscle. Well, you're never going to the brain part of it. You're just kind of treating it as a muscle problem. And you can temporarily make it feel great and loosen up and be pliable. And it'll be like, oh, this feels fantastic. Stretching works. But then Mm -hmm. in a couple hours, the brain gets all that information again. It's constantly taking it in and it goes, wait, nothing's changed. In fact, you try to shut me down. You try to quiet me down with that stretching. I'm going to lock you down again and it'll do it again. And that's where we see this cycle where we stretch to find release. And then we bring it down. We stretch to find release, and then the body locks it down. Stretch to find release, and it'll keep getting worse. So eventually, the brain goes, I've been trying to tell you for some time with this sensation of tightness that you have to pay attention to me. I can't do it anymore. You're going to get hurt, or something more important is going to get damaged. I'm going to lock you down, lock you down. And that's usually when we get incapacitated, or we can't, mm-hmm. we can't move, or it's something more severe. So what I... What I say as an alternative is that a muscle can only do three things. It contracts in three different ways. It shortens, called a concentric contraction. It Mm -hmm. lengthens, called an eccentric contraction. And then it isometrically stays at one point, called an isometric contraction. So if the muscle contracts, that's its job, lengthen, shorten, or hold position, if you have a tight area, just generally speaking, if anybody's listening and they're like, wait, my low back or my hamstring or my hip flexors, pretty common areas for tightness.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Just move, move those areas so many times that it, and it varies per person, but more than what you'd think. And what happens when you just take it through a movement is your brain is conducting that muscle to shorten, to lengthen, to shorten. To lengthen, and it's going to learn, and that's the deficit that it was protecting from in the first place. It's going to learn how to absorb and create force. It's not just strength; it's like neurological innervation. It's it's the mind's ability to control the muscle, not not just how strong. That's why the strongest people aren't aren't necessarily the most able or mm-hmm. less injury prone. It, so it's bigger than that, you know. Or why if yeah. we're emotionally distraught or depressed, we get injured like, boom, you know. So it's mm-hmm. more of a a mind to muscle response that if we go in and go at that source of the problem, then all of a sudden you're not so locked up and tight. And it's like, well, wait, damn, the only tight we should, uh, excuse me, the only time we should feel tight, stiff, locked up. And this is every human. It's as soon as we wake up because Mm -hmm. what did we do? We went six to eight hours of not moving. Yeah. And then we wake up and it's like, oh my God, yeah, we should be tight. But post your shower, your coffee, your morning meditation, dog walk, whatever you've got,
2: mm-hmm.
0: it should release. If yeah. it's longer than that, then we've got like a deficiency. But after that, it should be this kind of
2: right. slow. Just from that's where the morning
0: should kind of be slow. Yeah, it's like, right. All right, I'm going to take some time to get into this day. I'm in no rush. We're good. Yeah. Let's go. All right, I feel good. Let's go.
1: You know? that's, so that's another yeah. way to attack that. Okay. So that is so interesting, because that is like the opposite of what is, mm-hmm. you know, has been and continues to be preached everywhere is stretching. And, you know, that actually your take on it was something I hadn't I hadn't heard before. And I found that really interesting. Yeah. So I was uh, I was like, well, that you know, when you think about it, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so, right? <laughs> yeah, it does. Um, and so I woke up this morning. I, I've been uh, visiting. With family um, for the last couple of weeks in Minnesota, my husband and I. So, oh, nice. I, yeah, it's, well, it's it's like seven degrees today. So you know, I there's that. I went to that. high school in Minnesota. <laughs> oh, really? All right. Yeah. Well, let's, let's talk about it was that. Brutal. Where? <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I grew up here, so I, I get it. But um, but anyway, I was uh, I was outside um, yesterday a couple of times throwing the frisbee for the for the dog, which I hadn't done since last summer, and so I'm. I wake up today and I'm like, why is my right shoulder and arm and trap sore? Even though I, I, you know, exercise and I'm, I'm fairly. I haven't been as physical since I've been here because I've been hibernating for the last two weeks. Right. But anyway, I wake <laughs> up and I'm like, my, I'm like, why is my right shoulder and trap? And then I went, oh, duh, because I was doing something I haven't done for nine months. Um, you know, throwing this frisbee, I, you know, a hundred times, and right. uh, and so I remembered some of the stuff that you were talking about, and I was like, all right. Let me just uh, let me just put some of this to practice. and so did cool. some of the did some of the movement and um actually did the movement with my opposite arm um, oh, <laughs> so that it. I just felt yeah. more balanced. but uh, yeah, yeah it's an interesting take. so um and the thing about that is when you said, you know it really is it's it's like tight muscles are well, I guess it's a brain issue or a mind issue is yeah. the source of yeah. it. so that's. Yeah. Yeah, something di- a different way for for you guys you're listening to think about that. Um, okay, let's let's move into uh, a podcast of yours that I listened to that just lit me up, and I was like, <laughs> "This is I awesome!" Love it. I I know. So, okay. <laughs> So, you guys, Dr. Tommy's got a podcast, and we'll talk more about that later, but um, this particular episode is, uh, I think it's entitled, Why We Should Hang From a Bar Every Day. Yes. Yes. Okay. And I was like, well, that caught my attention and I'm listening to it. And I'm like, well, hell yeah, this, this is me all day. I mean, yeah. I fant. here's my fantasy, my, my dream home gym that I that's on my vision board so that at yeah. it, some point and in my, my dream home gym, it's big enough to have monkey bars and you know, like those uneven bars that gymnasts, uh, swing on right the uneven bars and then a balance beam because uh, you know I just when I was a kid I mean I was the one that was spent hours you know swinging on the clothesline poles and on the monkey bars and and scrambling up the poles you know just to see who could get to the top the fastest that to me was fun and even when I step into a gym now I I you know if i can get away with it and i'm not in anybody's way i i try to just go find some a bar i can reach or jump to to just hang from for a couple minutes because to me it just feels good it just intuitively feels good so listening to your podcast and i had no idea about all of the stuff that you that you talked about as far as the um the data and the studies that show all of the benefits to this. So let's dive into that. Talk to me about the benefits of hanging.
0: <laughs> so, so here's, here's one of the coolest things. And I came across this and I, it, this blew my mind a long, I, I came across this a long time ago and it was, um, we have the ability, you don't want to try this, but we have the ability seconds after being born that we can support our body weight, our body weight from a hang. So we can hang as minute olds. Hmm. And the reason is so it's an innate, it's an innate capacity. We're born with that ability to support our body weight from a hang. Now they have dove into why is that in our code? Like, why is that there? When did that come in? And they think that when we were born, it's to help us climb up to nurse. It's to help us climb up and hold on to mom. So Mm -hmm. climbing is a very, very innate Uh, physical capacity and Mm -hmm. so I thought I'm like wow so we're born with that Mm -hmm. well that must be something that we should maintain you know and that that's the people that promote it will think that now here's something else there's over 4,000 nerve endings in the hands and the feet really too but when you hang from a bar you're stimulating those endings well the endings have to begin somewhere and where are they beginning in the brain so you're lighting your brain up And you just said it, you're just like, I feel invigorated. Like I feel, Mm -hmm. and that's, that's Mm -hmm. it. Like you're stimulating a part of your body that's so saturated in nerve composition that it's just one of those places that the more we can do the better and hanging is one of them. Mm -hmm. There's also, and this is another fascinating thing for the people that love studies. There are so many studies on grip strength correlated with mortality. Hmm. So it's literally the stronger your grip, the longer people tend to live. Now, it's not just necessarily length, but quality. And why would that be? There's even doctors that will say, can you open a pickle jar? Like, they'll ask that. And I don't know why they eat pickles. Like, I guess pickles still come in a jar, you know. But it's like (laughs) they'll they'll ask that in their their physicals. And Uh somebody will be like, oh, I can't. And even a medical doctor kind of on the other side of the fence will be like, ooh, Mm-hmm. okay, that's, that's a shocking red flag. You know, yeah. we gotta, we gotta watch that because there's something coming along now and, and we got to eyeball that or right. that, we try to improve that again, as long as you can, but there's, there's no population that would be immune to that. Um, it's, it's literally the only exercise. Now here's, here's a couple of the cool things. And this is what I dive into daily. Um, cause I hang from a bar daily, but it's, mm-hmm. it's, if you think about it, movement and exercise or or training, excuse me, is it's, it's incorporated, it's pulled into the brain as a threat. Like when we do an exercise, we're going to, we're going to break ourselves down or we do a training move. We're going to break ourselves down. Mm -hmm. We're going to get tired. There's going to be some metabolites in the blood that we're going to sense. There's going to be sensations of discomfort. It's basically a threat. The brain doesn't like threats. It's always going to choose the path of least resistance to try to survive and adapt. That's what its job is. Yeah. So it's going to try to shift you out of that position. That's why you put your hands on your knee when you're lunging, or you keel over at your waist when you're out of breath. Like right. there's, there's yeah. those moments, right, that the mm-hmm. body just doesn't like that. Well, it'll always shift out of position to buy comfort, to almost buy like a like a a amount of time. It's like, all right, this is my Hail Mary, one last ditch, just keel over.
2: Mm -hmm. But there's
0: only one exercise it can't shift out of, and that's hanging from a bar. So here's what happens. As we're hanging from a bar, brain sensing, getting all this information, and it goes, okay, shift. Wait, 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 shift. We can't shift. So now it starts to freak out way earlier than any other exercise. And you'll get this emotional flush, this panic state, but nothing's going to happen to you. You're hanging three inches off the ground, you know <laughs> right. what I mean? but you right. can, put, you can yeah. put yourself in this very kind of compromised, dangerous, but it is safe, but right. you're going to, you're going to trick yourself into being, dangerous. and the only thing it can com- it can compensate with is breath. So here's the thing one of the first changes in the stress response when we panic or you and I have things in our lives that are those lions we were talking about is our breath changes. And we go in through the mouth, our shoulders elevate, our neck muscles flare instead of breathing through the nose, through our bellies, like, like a meditative breath, like babies use. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So if in the face of the stimulus of hanging, we can stare that stimulus down and control our breath. You just raised your level of adaptation emotionally higher than any training methodic anybody could pose to you. It is one of the ways to just get yourself mentally, mentally stronger, which means for those who are kind of addicted to maybe training in in another way, your other moves will get better. So if you're, if you're trying to do other training moves and you want to enhance those, boom, hang from a bar. Oh. I'll have people going through divorces. I'll have people handling to TJ, not a good day today. Not a good day. Okay.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: They'll hang the most on those days because it's almost like a therapy session with themselves and the output when they're done, they're like, huh? I mean, it's just this like, Oh, this huge wave came over them and they're like, Oh my God. So we had brain activation, they stared themselves down, they controlled their breath in the state of stress, in addition to what they were already handling. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they illustrate a PR, like they'll have a personal record on those days that they don't feel it, which is a great connection because I love people who can express their best self, how we always kind of feel like, ah, not feeling today, but life sometimes doesn't wait for you to feel perfect. Yeah. You know what I mean? It doesn't, it doesn't. It's coming. And so if we know, if we have the confidence in ourselves, like, wait, I can kind of represent a pretty damn good side of myself, even when I'm not feeling it. Let's go life. Let's see what you got. I'm going to work with you today. You know what I mean? But the confidence that that comes over you. Yeah. And I just, I haven't found it to cross over in any other exercise, but hanging from a bar.
1: That is so interesting because yeah, you know, what happens is, uh, as, as people, Uh, Is there lifestyle changes or they get less and less active? And, you know, and then it's harder and harder because, like you just said, Mm -hmm. you're like, well, I don't really feel like it today. So, you know, we've we've let the body start making decisions that our mind Mm -hmm. should be making. Right. And and it sounds like this particular exercise of of hanging from a bar almost. It's it's like a, it helps you let your mind get back in the driver's seat and start telling your body what it's going to do instead of the other way around. I love that.
0: It, it, I love. it totally brings you into center. It centers you and it's first thing in the morning, middle of the afternoon, daybreak, after dinner. Like it's just one of those things that's always, if you have a bar or some access or tree branch. Always, yeah. always, always, every time you pass it, just go. That's why I say five to seven minutes a day. But for anybody listening, who's like, I can't do five minutes a day. No, if you, if you've not done anything for 30 years, yeah. You slowly, you do 30 seconds a day for 10 days and then you do 40 seconds and then you, you know, we've got mm-hmm. time, you've got time and right. you can build up, but trying to work up to a total of five to seven minutes throughout the day is a fantastic place to be.
1: I can't, I cannot wait to do that, to to start that. (laughs) So before um, I ask you my next question, um, what about just quickly, what about the benefits? um, How about people that say, yeah, but I have shoulder issues or, you know, what's that? What's up with the spine? Um, Let's touch on those real quick, if you don't mind.
0: Yeah. So first of all, to understand it, you can put your arms above your head and hold on to something and just slowly lower and support most of your weight in your feet to where your body weight would be supported, maybe 20%, 30% in your arms, hands. So you can slowly determine how much, but still just getting your arms above your head, holding on gripping and supporting as much as you're able to tolerate for that time is still very good till you're able to get comfortable to working full body weight. But when the arms are up above, they've proven with imagery, um, that the shoulder lines up to where all the rotator cuff muscles are just this nice line. The, the capsule opens, everything has space. So even if you have, I've had people with torn labrums, bone spurs, rotator cuff problems. Now I didn't just jump them up there, but we slowly worked into it mm-hmm. and they were able to support full body weight because what they end up finding is the shoulder. It is, it is part of like shoulder therapy. It is the therapy, that is the move. And so we would wanna do it. So if you have a hurt shoulder, a compromised shoulder, a frozen shoulder, that's something you wanna do even more of. But you progress through on your own pace. And then the other one is just the decompression of the spine, but actively. So you're actively hanging on that you're you're lengthening and letting those disc spaces fill up. All the muscles of the spine are holding on to their greatest length. Because again, we're talking about eccentric contraction, that's a lengthening, that's mm-hmm. all the way down to your pelvis, like the, the front of your pubic bone, all the way up to your chin, all the way up to your fingertips. So everything's at this nice lengthened state that if you can then, again, get into your breathing center, ah, I mean, you come down, it's just everything is decompressed emotionally to physically.
1: Nice. Nice. I love it. I love it. What about, okay, so even then if you are somebody that is, you know, know, you've got, you're compromised in some way so that you can't just go, you know, get a bar, hang it in your your doorway and start hanging there. But maybe you're in a wheelchair or, you know, something. So there's still ways that you can gently, slowly, easily begin moving in this direction by just even putting your arms over your head and maybe just gripping something.
0: I love I love that you said that, too, because I try to cover all all populations, even people in beds. Okay, so here's something you can do. Let's say we're confined, confined to a chair and it could be in a wheelchair or you're just on an airplane or at a seminar Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and you're stuck in your seat. Right.
2: Yeah. yeah. Um,
0: Or you're or you're bedridden. And let's remember that Joseph Pilates came up with those springs and pulleys on the reformer for people sick in hospital beds because he wanted people training in hospital beds. And then it turned into the reformer. Mm -hmm. So he absolutely expected people in hospitals to be doing movement because he knew that their healing rates would be better if they moved in those beds. It was a phenomenal, phenomenal breakthrough that I wish hospitals had. Now we could take advantage of that. So again, you're in a bed, totally fine. Here's what we can do. You would grip something. So you would hold something, whether it's a cane or a PVC pipe or a broomstick or a towel and you grip it. And let's take the person sitting, sitting in a, in a chair. Yeah. You can take that pipe, extend it overhead, as long as no pain, always, 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 never pass the point of pain. Mm-hmm. And what you can do is you try to press your arms up actively, trying to reach your hands actively, as high as you can to the ceiling, And what you'll do is you will create internally a very, very similar stimulus to what hanging would provide, but you're the driver of it. Okay. And now Lori, for you and I, who could hang from a bar Mm pain-free, that's one of the more advanced moves. Just throwing this out here. If you ever, if you ever want to challenge it. Okay. (laughs) So while, while you're hanging or if anybody out there, while you guys are hanging, while you're in a dead hang position, you're going to still do the same thing I'm telling people in chairs to do. You're going to try to press your arms up and lift your hands off the bar while you're hanging.
2: Hmm. So
0: it's almost like you're pressing yourself down, like you're pressing your body down to lengthen even more. And it it ramps up even more than what the difficulty was already. So again, the people in the chair doing it this way, you guys kind of got a bonus because you're, do- you're doing it the yes. more active way where a dead hang is just kind of go. You still get the benefits. Um, okay. But I love that as well. I think both populations could benefit. And, again, if you're, if you're in a bed, try to find some way to stretch out if possible. If not, just whatever you can do. It doesn't matter. Do the best right. you can with your environment. It's okay. The body's going to adapt to any kind of stimulus that it gets. you just got to stimulate it.
2: Mm-hmm. So
0: we take the cane, the pole, the broom handle, or the towel. And you just press your arms up, trying to expand your chest, straighten your elbows, open up the shoulders actively. That's the biggest thing is you creating the action with your mind.
1: I love that. Anyone, anyone yeah. can do that. Even if all yeah. you have available is a towel. Everybody's got a towel. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> what about, um, so that person that's, you know, maybe bedridden or, or, you yeah. know, confined to a chair and they've got their towel or their broomstick. Um, what about what about breathing? How much of the breath should they be focusing on? What's the, you know, goal there?
0: Yeah. So what's cool about that exercise is that when we expand our rib cage up like that and our arms are tractioned up, our breathing muscles are not only our abdomen and our diaphragm, but it's all these little intercostal muscles on the rib cage. So what's great is that's a great uh, breathing training scenario is to traction your arms up like that and try to take deep breaths, deep cleansing breaths through your nose. If you can, what you'll find, it's very, very extremely difficult to do, but that's part of the training. So again, breathe in through the nose. If you can exhale slower than you inhale, that's, that's really just the key. If you can slow it down, because again, this is going to be interpreted as a stress. This is, this is a threat, but it's one of those threats that's going to, that's going to help us. <laughs> and so if yeah. we can keep our breath parasympathetic, um, calm, meaning exhale slower than we inhale in the face of this, even better. I, I in my book, it's, it's 4181. Is, I've heard different patterns to it, but I just love the four count in, one count hold, eight count out, one count hold. I just mm-hmm. love the longer out than in, but sometimes when we count, that can be stressful.
2: <laughs> yeah, so
0: I, you know, do what like, you can. Ah, just yeah. do what you can. Just make it as slow as you can on the way out. That's yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Or, don't even or you, worry know, about it. Right, you know, right, right. Right. Pra- practice different patterns. Practice different
0: patterns. That's it. Yeah. Just, yeah. just do whatever. Breathe <laughs> through the nose. Just feel. Just get yeah. that feedback. But I found people yeah. like, I'm not doing 4181. What's And I'm like, okay, we're having a reverse effect because now you're more stressed.
1: Right. Now we have stress, which is what we're trying right. to not do or undo. Defeated. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Well, that is yeah. awesome. I love that information. And I just think that probably everyone that's listening is going to be enlightened about the benefits of hanging. (laughs) I'm delighted to share that information. And yeah, yeah, and I'm just so happy to find out there's all these awesome benefits that I didn't even know about. You know, it's just like, it's just this intuitive thing. And part of it is just fun. It makes me feel like a kid again.
0: Yep. Yep. And that's kids love doing it. Like kids just love hanging off of stuff. So we kind of still have that child inside that we're kind of quieting down, but maybe we should let him out every now and then.
1: definitely. <laughs> that, that's why bike riding is fun right? <laughs> so, right there's just there's no downside, you guys. just go go ride a bike, come home and hang on a bar for a while, swing around.
0: That's it. you know it. eat a banana.
1: Just be goofy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Done, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So you ready to share a going rogue story with me, Dr. Tommy? Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah I love this. Them. I love this. All yeah. right. So, um, so I was pretty comfortable in my, in my life. Uh, and, and as we know, I was on automa- autopilot. I, was, I had a great business. I was, I was personal training in the morning. I was doing rehab with people. I had a baseball performance business, so I was doing lessons. And I was also training elite athletes in performance. And so I had this whole, I created it. We had good, two good uh, colleagues that were my best friends. We had great clientele, money, owned a house. I binge drank on the weekends. Oh, I was, I was awesome, right? Mm-hmm. I'm just living this amazing life. Yeah, I yeah. can touched. And yeah. it was just, it was very unfulfilling. And that was one of those things. I'm very connected to myself on how I feel, almost like my heart. And it was fine, but it wasn't enough. It, it was just something that I wasn't, I wasn't fulfilled and I wasn't doing, it just wasn't when I was going to end because I could have mailed it in. I, I could have done yeah. anything at that point, taken trips, invested, saved, you know, with the, with society's expectation to happiness. Like I had material, I had people, you, you know, I sure. had all the, the entertainment and all the distractions and just that bottomless pit of stimulus. Yeah, but
1: all the stuff.
0: It was just. Exactly. The stuff, right? That just means absolutely nothing. Well, I was starting to really look into enhancing what I was already doing. And that's when I was looking at chiropractic, getting my chiropractic degree. And I'm like, man, who goes to school at 32 years old? Who goes back to school when they have full clientele, a home, relationships, friends, you, you, you have it all. What, what are you doing? Which going back to school means I'm going to take on a mountain of debt because school is expensive. We know this. Okay. I'm going to put my house up for rent. I'm going to lose my business. I'm going to go to zero income. Like, wait, who the hell does this? But I couldn't stop thinking about it. I couldn't get it out of my head. It just felt so right. And I had nobody on my side because my clients are like, you're an idiot. (laughs) <laughs> my boss is like, TJ, if I lose you, I lose a third of the business. Oh, my, oh my God. I mean, nobody is on my side. The sure. only person on my side was my sister and my brother. And I got uh, we were, we we're very close, my older sister and my brother. My sister's like, oh, yeah, any chance you have to learn, do it. Yes. What about my home? Put it up for rent. You're okay. Like, do it. I mean, she was in full support, and it was so great. And my brother was like, Tom, you'll figure out a way. If there's anything you can do, you can figure out a way. And I'm like, damn, man, this is awesome. Well, I shut down my business, put my home up for rent, and I was going back to school at 32 years old. Mm. Two weeks before I go back to school, my brother passes away from medication complication with depression. That Uh same brother.
2: Exactly. Oh, no. So
0: oh. if you want to listen to a podcast, listen to that psychiatric care podcast that I did, I share his story and some of the deeper, darker details of it. Um, Definitely. that I'm really open to talking about like hundred percent. I'm, I love talking about him. I just Good. love honoring his okay. life. And yeah, we'll yeah. Up. Uh, Definitely. No, no stone unturned in there. And, um, the more people can hear the better, but I was at this crossroads and I'm like, my life is falling apart. I can't believe, I, I mean, I have, I'm broke. Mm-hmm. I'm, enrolled in school. I just acquired, I will acquire $200,000 in debt. My best friend is dead. I I can't, what the hell? I mean, I was just thrown into, and then we go ahead and the first class, the first class I have at chiropractic school is, is the philosophy and and history of chiropractic. And one of the greatest uh, um, patients historically with pure chiropractic were with mental health disorders. And I was like, what? (laughs) I mean, I was doing it to help the athlete and to help the, you know, the hamstrings and the training I was doing. I'm like, wait, I had to leave the class. I was bawling. I'm like, Oh my God. Oh no. Come back in. Now I just fell ass backwards into a profession that I could help more people, not just sports, not Mm -hmm. just, you you know, I could help everybody because everybody that has a spine brain nervous system done, I could help you. And I could help at a higher level. All right, let's go. Well, when I got done, I put it all together. Now I have all the tools necessary. I go back to Illinois. So that was the, that was the one kind of rogue, like who goes back to school, who goes into debt, who does all this stuff? Well, I I did, I do. It was a great, great decision. Now I'm going to start digging myself out. So I go and I I have a year under practice and I'm fully booked. I'm living in Northern Illinois, north of the the city Mm -hmm. of Chicago. And I'm like, I'm good but I still had that damn feeling that came back. And I'm like, no. (laughs) And the feeling was you're not, not here. You need more where you're at. It's not enough. Like you're not, you're not doing enough. You've got these ideas. You're just not, you're living like a B minus life and you deserve a, a plus, 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 plus. And so I started to scout out where I could go do what I do because I don't need that much space. And I don't need that much equipment. Everything's just me enabling, putting you, empowering you to, to heal yourself, not me yeah. doing a bunch of stuff, you know. Right. And so right. I was starting to venture out. I, we lived in Florida and we lived in the Carolinas and Georgia. I was looking there. I checked Vancouver, Texas, I'd lived in for a little while, Minnesota. But I wanted to go somewhere warm. I knew that.
2: Mm-hmm. And I'm like,
0: you know what? I came out and visited a girl. Uh, who's a chiropractor, her husband's a chiropractor, her mom and dad are chiropractors, her sisters are chiropractors, married to chiropractors. I mean, it's like wow, this whole family, right? Yeah. And so they're the Obersteins out in San Diego. She's like, come out and stay out here and just see what it's about. You know, just stay at my parents, no big deal.
2: Mm-hmm. So I
0: come out, I find my office and I'm like, whoa, zoned for chiropractic. I could afford it because I was going to move everything. I was going to move my chiropractic, my training, my rehab, everything that I do in my performance and healing center that I was going to relocate it. Mm-hmm. And so I come out, I find the office, I find a, a low, a decent rental for a living all in the first day.
2: Wow. And I'm like, wait,
0: am I doing this? Am I doing this? <laughs> like I needed something who, who couldn't look at San Diego and be like, Oh, this is amazing.
1: Yeah. Like right.
0: Just, I mean, I needed more than that. Right. I just couldn't go with, I mean, who's going to say San Diego sucks. Like it just, doesn't, it's not going to happen. No. So I needed yeah. something more. So I'm with Dr. Lauren, my friend, and we're down in Seaport Village and we're sitting there for about an hour. She's giving me a tour guide. She's being a tour guide for me. And all of a sudden, after an hour of us talking about, you know, what I'm doing, what I think I'm doing, am I really giving up my practice in Illinois? Am I going to, you know, take all this and come out here and do, she spots a boat. She goes, oh, my God, points over my shoulder. And in the harbor is a boat. Named Tommy John.
1: Oh, no way. Now,
0: hold on, Lori. Wait oh for it. God. So I look and I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. I got goosebumps right now telling. Every time I tell this story, I have the same reaction. So I haul ass to the boat. I sprint. I mean, lightning speed. I left her behind <laughs> and I sprint to the boat and I get to the boat and there's a guy working on it in the deck can. I'm like, hey, man, do you own this boat? He's like, no, why? And I said, well, my name is Tommy John. And he goes, yeah, you're not, you're not the former Dodger pitcher, Tommy John. And I go, no, that's my dad, though. And he goes, what? And he comes down the ladder, and he's shaking my hand, and he's freaking out as if I'm anything. you know. And he's just <laughs> going on and on. I'm like, bro, what's the deal? Right. He goes, the original owner built this boat in 1978 and was a Dodger fan and named it after your dad.
2: Oh and my we didn't God. know
0: anything about it. We had never heard about it. It was it was an Albacore fishing vessel. It's like a 50 foot huge commercial fishing vessel named the Tommy John.
1: That is and I'm insane.
0: Like, what the hell? <laughs> so I literally I almost throw up. I look at Lauren. Her mouth is wide open. This guy's just like I mean you got to move here now. I'm like bro. I was gonna move here yesterday. Now, <laughs> now this is done. And so I look around the back of the boat and it says Tommy John, San Diego, California. So again. Uh, this thing was built a year after I was born in the same state. I was born found its way set sail and found its way. When I was at this crossroads of my life, when I was ready to see it, you know is, what I mean? How many times have yeah. we pass those boats? Right. That maybe right. we're just not ready to see it. We, we had been yeah. sitting there an hour and only then was she like, Oh my God, like it right. didn't show up.
2: Yeah. And then the, all
0: of a sudden now uh, I, I followed my uh, heart. I took that leap. And from that, I went back and told all my clients on Monday. This was Friday. I moved a month and a half after that point. All my clients, again, you're an idiot.
1: Uh-huh.
0: You don't know California is ridiculous. The cost, <laughs> I mean, all this stuff, right? Everyone's yeah. just giving me everything negative. They can't wait to tell me the negatives of what I'm doing, what they still don't see in my eyes or my heart that I'm set on this. Right. I'm like, no, but listen to this. So then I tell them that story and everybody's like, oh, okay.
2: I'm yeah.
1: Like, no. Nobody can't deny that story. No, No, right. Because It's divine. It's like from (laughs) divinity. You can't touch that.
0: No matter what you believe, you have to acknowledge stuff like that. This is one of those stories. Like, I don't care what you believe. This is it. This is what we're talking about. Yeah. So now ever since I made that agreement and I said, okay, I'm going rogue. I'm doing it again. I'm following my heart. Lori, Ever since I made that agreement and I got out here, a book deal came about. Just I, I connected with somebody. It's not me looking for this stuff. The stuff finds me when I'm ready. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm, I'm active and I do the work, but I'm not like hysterically looking for something. Sure. Like I'm just, I'm just doing the little things. I'm just getting myself ready. Like mm-hmm. get me ready and th- then here it comes. But I burned through all of my savings. My account went negative. One, one morning I woke up and I'm like, Oh my God, I don't have, Oh, Oh my God. And I was moving to a place I knew nobody other than Lauren, like Lauren's dad and mom, you know Uh what I mean? But that was it. Like, I don't have family out here. I don't have. Yeah. And so I started from scratch from this, but for the first time I feel like I'm where I'm supposed to be, not where I have to be kind of a thing. Oh. I am in love with where I'm at, what I'm doing, who I'm doing it with. Every encounter I have, I'm always just like, how are you involved in this? Like anybody that walks through, all right, how do I know you? <laughs> how are mm-hmm. you going to be involved in this little scenario? Because it's literally like everybody that's come through has had some play in this. And I, I, it was one of those things I don't even know how I was operating before. Like, I had a good life to what we think is good, right? But if I could, and I own less now, make a little less now. I just have less stuff. But I'm so, so, so happy.
1: Yeah, isn't that interesting how that works out?
0: And that's where I try to give those people that story. There's a picture of the Tommy John boat and me sitting in front of it in my office. And everyone's like, what's that story? And I tell people that. And they're like, oh, my God. And I post it on Instagram and Facebook. And everybody's like you inspired me to move my family. We haven't been happier. You know what I mean? So I feel like if you hear more of those times, it's like, yeah, I cried. I was scared. (laughs) I was by myself. Right. You know what I mean? It was
1: scary. that's exactly why I love to invite guests to share a going rogue story because everybody has their version of, of that, you know, something that was, that was you. And it's usually, you know, challenging. It's scary. You know, it's like, should I, this is stupid, you know, no support, whatever it is. There's, you know, there's all of those commonalities between the stories. Um, No one ever had a boat with their name show up on it yet in any of my stories, but that's a good one. <laughs> That's that is so freaking awesome! I love oh. it! I love it! So, okay, I've I have one more question to ask you of about course. going rogue. But before yeah. I ask ask it, um, let's take a second to um, share with people where they can find out more about you. You know your sites, um, everything. Yeah. You've got a new book that just came out, so let's give them that right now.
0: So where you can find me, my website is drtommyjohn.com. So drtommyjohn.com. And from there, you can find all my social media hits. But Instagram is is drtommyjohn. Twitter is drtommyjohnDC. And then Facebook, I have a business page just literally called drtommyjohn. YouTube videos, I'm starting to update those. I'm going to start putting up every exercise. I do on my practice. I do it with myself as a how-to. It's literally just a how-to. There'll be hundreds of those, uploading one a week. But it's the Dr. Tommy John channel. That way, you guys can kind of become your own trainers and therapists and gurus and kind of take this thing on on yourselves. Um, my book, I just released it in December. Uh, excuse me, June 2018. It's on, It's a survival guide for parents who are. Have youth athletes. It's to it's to help prevent youth injuries, youth sports injuries. But the principles in there are for everybody. They're not mm-hmm. just not just for youth. But it's um the book's title is Minimize Injury, Maximize Performance: A Sports Parent Survival Guide. And it's 300 pages, 98 sources. There's recipes. There's tests. There's training plans. There's recovery methods. There's so many things that you it's just chock full of there. But you can go to don'tcutmykid.com find that or on the drtommyjohn.com website.
1: Nice. Perfect. Thank you. That's awesome. And Thank I will you. also, I'll, yeah, and I will also include those um, sites in the show notes. Um, oh, awesome. So, Thank yeah. You. So they'll be uh, easy. That. Yeah. Easy reference for listeners. Um, okay. Last question. Um, so what would you like to share as far as um, the value of going rogue?
0: So I think the value of going rogue is something that we're, we're so disconnected with now more than ever. And that's self. Um, And I I even think just the name rogue, it's only rogue because the masses are going another way. Yeah. (laughs) And so in the masses, I mean, I'm not, let's just be real. It doesn't take much to do any kind of research to see that we're not doing well as a whole. So if the masses are going one way, and we go rogue the other way, you're probably going to be okay. But, but you might find you will achieve things you never thought possible or things that you, you forgot you put on your original vision board. You're like, wait, I, I did that so long ago. Yeah. And your subconscious was trying to hold on to it and it brought it. Now it's there. But when you go rogue or when you go opposite the masses, you've got to be prepared that people don't like that. They like, that everybody's kind of doing the same thing and that we could just shut off and follow each other like cattle through a door. Mm -hmm. So when you go the opposite way, the strength you're going to gain and the resiliency you're going to gain in self is huge. And that's just preparing you for something even greater down the line that we don't even know. That's why I try to tell people where every time they get the flu, I'm like, oh, getting ready for something big. Because every (laughs) time we beat the flu, we come back something down the line, we needed antibodies or we needed the strength or we needed the memory. Yeah, we got that. Let's go. You know, or every every insult or every breakup or every, Oh yeah. It's just getting you ready for, for some major thing coming down that you might not even know is coming. So I think that's the biggest thing with going rogue. It's just getting back in connection with yourself. Who's the ultimate driver in this whole thing. And, and you being, happy. Like, I think we all deserve that. And whatever that means to you, just try not to hurt anybody doing it. (laughs) just find your place a little better, a little better than it was when you, when you came in and just, that's it. Just, but everybody deserves happiness and everything along that, that pathway, we're all experiencing with you. But if we all go rogue, that'd be a society I want to see where we all just flip and 180 (laughs) and we go the other way.
1: That would be very interesting. Uh,
0: then what uh, would you and I do? Then yeah. we gotta go. Like wait, wait, where wait do we that? go now?
1: W- yeah, what's <laughs> what comes next? What is uh, this? we've got chaos here. Chaos.
0: Right, chaos towards the right way. Wait, what? Uh, yeah,
1: come on. But. But yeah, we all know from chaos a new order is born. So, you know, who knows? Yep. and who knows? Dr. Tommy, that was awesome. And I am just delighted with everything that you shared today. Thank you so much for all of this time and fabulous information. And I, I hope that you'll come back because there is a ton of other stuff that I would oh. love to to get into with you.
0: And Lori, I'm glad you reached out. And this was a, this was a good sync up. I love what you're doing and your message as well. And so I, any, any topics or anything, there, there's literally nothing I'm, I'm too shy to talk about or anything you feel that we could listeners could, could benefit from I'm I'm game. So
1: yeah, perfect. So. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Good. Well, I will be in touch soon. And again, okay. thank you. I'm so grateful. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Of course,
1: thank you. Wow, thank you so much, Dr. Tommy James. That was—I don't know about you guys, but I found that fascinating. I think it was amazing, and what a cool going rogue story. I mean, come on, there's a boat sitting behind him in the water with his name on it. I, I don't know; you can't get any more into, uh, uh, you know, believing about divine timing than that. If if you questioned it before. That story's got to take you over the edge. Um, but you guys, our bodies are just amazing. They are the physical vehicles of our soul carrying us through this like fantastic three-dimensional sense-driven adventure that we call life. And they come fully equipped with what we need for the journey. So learn how to listen to your body, to collaborate with your body, and treat it with the respect it deserves. And I guarantee that you'll shift into a higher state of emotional, spiritual, and physical fitness, which, of course, leads to a higher state of happiness. That's kind of the end game, right? So thank you once again, everybody, for hanging out with me today and with Dr. Tommy John. Make sure to subscribe to We're Talking Shift if you haven't already. And if you found this episode valuable, please take a minute to give me a rating and a review. That would just make my day. And let's not be greedy by keeping all this good shift to ourselves. So please share this podcast with your friends and don't forget to check out Dr. Tommy John's sites and his podcast and his YouTube channel. All of those links will be in the notes. I know you're going to love his content. So until next week, stay feisty, my friends, and go make some epic shift happen in your lives. You too, Mr. Gary V.
0: The preceding podcast was a TJ DeSantis production. Comments, questions, and inquiries can be directed to desantisprod at gmail.com.